0: get it going happy hump day it is me your managing editor of wrestling inc nick Hausman, back in the saddle here and uh joined as i am every wednesday by my good friend justin labar justin welcome back to the winkley
1: hump day uh
0: well we have a lot to get to here today uh obviously the bombshell that was aew's double nothing over the weekend still reverberating all around the pro wrestling sphere so we got a nice mix of aew WWE news and some other off the grid uh, content here as well. Uh, but before we get to the news, uh, but I want to let everybody know we got two great interviews coming up here later in the show after the news block. The first one is going to be with the current Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Champion Brian Cage. Uh, he's going to be talking about winning the title at Rebellion, how his title win didn't even close the show, uh, how he got injured during that bout, how he is recovering, everything like that. It'll be here on the show later today. Also later on the show here today, our own Scott Fishman uh, sat down with Triple A's Dorian Roldan to talk all about the uh, MSG show coming up and uh, much, much more. So two big, great interviews for later on. Uh, But yes, with that, let's get to it. The news you can use, news that'll leave a bruise, uh, a continuation of the news we were chatting about a little bit yesterday, Um, some conflicting reports about what Sami Zayn said about AEW or just the name drop he gave AEW on Raw. So follow me here. Follow me down the rabbit hole, everybody. Now, the Observer's Dave Meltzer says that Sami Zayn's AEW live uh, live spot you know, read was scripted. But uh, Brian Alvarez, his co-host there on Observer Radio, said that he has heard otherwise. Now, Ryan sat in per wrestling sheet. They say that line was scripted. PWInsider.com uh, Mike Johnson says that line was not scripted. Uh, and he notes that if the WWE did not like what he had to say, they had a 15-second delay. So while it was probably not scripted, If they had a real issue with it, they would have bleeped it. Uh, Back to Alvarez at The Observer saying that this line, uh, not scripted, though it could— you know, he heard conflicting reports. There's like a whole write-up you can go find on the site about how earlier in the day he had heard there was a script floating around that even had AEW in it, but later it was taken out. Uh, But whatever happened when Sami Zayn said AEW on WWE TV, it does sound like Vince McMahon uh, flipped his lid, freaked out, uh, in the gorilla position— uh, if it was unscripted and Zane did force it in there to create some buzz or whatever he was doing, there could be some punishment for him, including a suspension. Um, but but there it is, Justin, a, a, a convoluted mess. What do you think? Do you think it was scripted, not scripted?
1: I don't think it was scripted. He said it. It was in a very I mean, it, it was a situation in a segment that you have to be able to ad lib and, and respond and react to these real people speaking. Um, even if the questions were screened, you know, you still need to react. And so, you know, so I, I don't think it was scripted. Um, they, if they bleep it and use the delay, it makes it that much bigger of a deal than everybody 100%. on Twitter and 100%. social media is like, Oh my God, what did he say? What did he say? And then somebody from, you know, and then you find out it's AEW is what he said. 100%. And that makes it a bigger deal. Yeah. Um, the fact that they edited out the uh, edited out when they posted to YouTube, that tells me they didn't want it in there. Um, I simply ask what would be the point of me- What would be the point of scripting and mentioning them? Vince is not one to normally mentioned his competition by name you know he you know he never really did that much i mean you know very very sparingly did they ever mention wcw in fact wcw would do more mentioning and poking at the bear of vince and wwe so i don't see right now while you know i don't see why vince would put that in there that definitely seemed like a Sami Zayn in the moment saying it um and again they, they I, the fact that they made sure it didn't make to youtube tells me vince said all right make sure you know edit that out from everywhere anything else that we're putting out from the segment
0: yeah, I, I agree. It seems very weird to me that it would have been written in there for all the obvious reasons that have been pointed out. And, uh, you know, I, I saw that line about Sami Zayn possibly facing some kind of punishment for this. Maybe. I don't know. But there, you know, AJ Styles is out injured right now. Ray Mysterio is out injured right now. Dean Ambrose just left. I mean, the the number of top name talent that can go out there and get a re- reaction right now is, is dwindling. I mean, it's not expanding and it doesn't feel like they're making a whole lot of new stars either at the moment. So I don't see them suspending this guy. If anything, you know what? Now that heads have cooled, um, everybody's talking about Sami Zayn. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually do something more with this guy come Monday night.
1: Well him saying AEW fits his current character right now, you know, kind of speaking about and about of what's, you know, what's being said on the internet and the critic of the critics is, is, is what he's being called. Um, who, who knows, maybe this is a masterful plan. Maybe Sammy Zayn wants to be out of his WWE contract to go to AEW, but he sees that they're not letting anybody else out. So maybe he's thought, well, what, what can I do to get myself fired? <laughs> maybe he <laughs> thought that would get him fired and then he'd be off. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I, I've, I've, I've seen and read other theories that maybe just select people knew in the know and Vince was kind of working the boys. But again, I, I don't see, I don't see what the purpose is of working the boys with this. You know, I understand Working the bull. Well, I don't know if I understand it, but I it makes more sense working the boys that Brock Lesnar is going to be a surprise and come in and win, Um, you know. But I don't see what what you know know, we're going to say AEW two nights after they just had a a monstrous successful show and there are new competitions. So I, I just don't see the point.
0: I do think that there is something about this generation of pro wrestlers. You know that we you know we all grew grew up through the Attitude Era and all of that. And, you know, there was so much fun that was had with the companies battling back and forth. I feel like there's like a hunger with the talent right now to to do some of that. You know, not, not necessarily throw shots at one another, but, you know, in this case, allude to them, say them, you know, create some tension there. You know, you look at what Cody did with the throne, uh, some of the other comments that have been made from the talent. You know, I think that the talent wants to be doing this. How, how much the promoters feel about it, I think, is a different issue. But I think the talent inherently is drawn to doing things like this just based on the time frame we were all brought up, you know?
1: I, I would agree with that, and of course, back in the Monday Night Wars, there was no podcast, there was no social media for the talent to be on to do that. So, and so, you know, a lot of them can do it independently. You know, um, you know, Jericho could talk on his podcast about AEW and WWE, and you know, and, and talents on either side can you know make little mentions on social media without you know, I guess, crossing the line. It's kind of like it kind of it's kind of like whatever dog feels like they are the underdog and they want to come and, and 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 you know aew feels like they're the ones coming in there and they want to claim the top spot right they they want as Dean amber so they want to knock the pillars of this company on their ass so you know aew is going to probably continue to have little, little references whether it's symbolic like the throne or or whatever the case may be um but maybe it would be maybe it would be of WWE's best interest if they want to truly you know step their game up and not look like they're being just pushed around and kicked around and they're they're the they're the old uh, out of date um, you know creatively uh, stale product. Maybe they need to fire back and make some reference. You know I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know if they uh I don't know if they, if it's they say they take some kind of symbolic or some kind of verbal jab at a Cody Rhodes or one of his characters that he had or what it is. But maybe that's what WWE's best bet is. They need to step up. You know Vince likes to fight and Vince likes. You know, we've heard many stories from talents that Vince likes you to stand up for yourself. And, you know, he kind of sometimes will uh, provoke talents purposely just to see if they stand up for themselves because he respects that. So maybe that maybe he needs to take that same kind of initiative where, you know, hey, Vince, I know you don't want to acknowledge that there's other wrestling out there or other sports entertainment. But uh, you better do something because this is obviously this is not going away. So maybe you need to, you know, fight, fight a little fire. Maybe that'll make you. I mean, AEW is the cool kids right now, right? WB is the. WWE is again the outdated thing. Maybe you need, to, maybe you need to try to get some of that cool crowd back by you know, you know, you know, throwing throwing some jabs back and say, look, you want to fight, I'll fight.
0: Now here's here's what I've envisioned. Triple H next week, he comes out, he's got this big match with Randy Orton, Super Showdown, and he said, I've been working with Coach Shawn Michaels to prepare for this match, and Shawn has told me he has found competition, a warm up bout that is going to push me to my limits tonight. Uh, to uh, to go up against Randy Orton and Shawn Michaels says, "I found the best talent for you," and he brings out a mini Dean Ambrose for for Triple H <laughs> to to beat up there in the ring. That's funny, right?
1: That's uh, very DX. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I I kid, but that tweet I put out about that did did very well. Well, who knows? Maybe
1: it, you know to, to be a little bit more realistic to it. Maybe it'll be um, you know, we see them using enhancement talent or and local talent, and sometimes they go by the the real work name of those intensive talents. Sometimes I give them fake names. Maybe they'll pluck some uh, indie talent from Austin, Texas next Monday, and and they'll be named, you know, uh, some variation of of Dean Ambrose's name or or John Moxley's name or something. that, that I actually realistically could see.
0: I wonder on a side note here, if this does uh, as a a ripple effect of what's going on right now, have them start changing independent wrestlers names again, every time when they come through developmental, because you got to be thinking here, Man, we did dodge a bullet making him Dean Ambrose. If we'd have brought him through as John Moxley, like we did with Punk, I mean, think about how much more this. I mean, I mean, it's already huge, but it it could mean even more if he had kept the name throughout.
1: Well, that's that's a very valid point, and that is something that they that they got away with. You know that they got away from. You know, obviously AJ Styles, you know, Samoa Joe, you know, a lot of guys keeping um, the names that made them famous prior to WWE. So that is a great point. You know, I mean, if AJ Styles would would have left. Um, you know, I guess I guess when his recent last contract was just recently up, if he would have left, you know, I mean, his name would have been, you know, AJ Styles, who wrestled in WrestleMania and, and who was a former champ, you know, versus had they changed him to some other name. So I mean, that's a good point. I, that 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 may now that they fact they do have uh, serious competition again, that may um, that may change the game with that uh, in terms of. But but at the, the same point, I can also see Triple H fighting against that and saying, look, you know, some some of what makes the NXT brands so great is the fact that we can have these names that were successful elsewhere now on the NXT brand. So, I mean, it's it's, pro- it's probably one more internal struggle that would be going on or, and, and talked about.
0: Well, we're going to find out tomorrow what's going on with Joey Ryan, right? Allegedly turned down the AEW contract, maybe to WWE. I got a great name for Joey Ryan in NXT. You ready for this? Mm. Richard Dixon.
1: <laughs> I get it. I get
0: it. <laughs> then you could be Dick Dixon. <laughs> 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 Uh, <laughs> Just call him Ricky. <laughs> Ricky Dixon. Tricky, <laughs> tricky, Ricky Dicky Dixon. He goes on forever. Oh. <laughs> that may be the best dumb joke I've ever made on this show. Um and watch, it'll be a real thing. Welcome Richard Dixon to NXT next week.
1: <laughs> the trickster, Rickster Dixon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the biggest the biggest trick is his dick, right? Like how does that thing work? Tricky dicky.
1: uh, Oh I was gonna say dick trickle, but I think that was a NASCAR driver.
0: Look, but if there's anybody that knows dick tricks, it's Rich Dickerson Rich Dickinson.
1: (laughs) You've gone cross-eyed on the ricks and dicks.
0: Oh my god. Oh hire me now, Vince. I'm here to save your company.
1: He's He's not Joey Ryan. He's he's tricky, Ricky Dixon. <laughs> <This is
0: dumb. laughs> okay. I mean, then
1: you can just picture just like he did with the uh, just like he did with the uh, draws and and uh, beyond the mat, but, but rather than puke, it's like he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's he's all wrecked he's all wrecked he's all wrecked.
0: Ah, uh, you know, Ric Flair got over doing the double eye poke. You know, he could do the single eye poke. That could be like his new.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, thank you to everybody who's still with us.
0: I, I mean, if anybody knows how to do the job, it's tricky. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. OK, well. Thank you for those two minutes, two full minutes of that, Justin. we we dedicated to this dumb, dumb thing. Uh, it's
1: Tricky Ricky Dixon on hump day. <laughs> Happy hump
0: day from Richard tricky. Dixon. <laughs> uh, dick Dixon here. <laughs> no subtlety. Just all dick jokes. Uh, 100% dick jokes. All right, um... Get back to the news. Uh, Back to a regularly scheduled (laughs) program. back to our run sheet here. So on the note of how WWE is handling AEW in their bubble, uh, it was reported uh, last night by various fans on Twitter that some signs were confiscated at SmackDown, a couple that made it to TV, one that said, you aren't MJF, which I think was over Kevin Owens' shoulder. There was another one that said, save us, Triple H. Now those got taken away. Another fan on Twitter chimed in saying that he saw signs being taken left and right. Um, there were also AEW chants that broke out throughout the show. Now, before we got off on our tricky Ricky Dicky Richard Dixon conversation there, uh, I was going to bring up, you know, how wrestlers today want to be like those wrestlers they saw in the Attitude Era. I think there's something to the idea that the fans do, too. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So despite what Vince wants or this imaginary vision of where the we're pro wrestling is at right now or what you would like it to be, I think that if they I mean, look, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, of course, they're going to fight it, I would think. I don't think they want all these signs on their TV. But I mean, did they do that during the height of the Monday Night Wars? I feel like I saw WCW stuff pop up constantly on TV.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a free for all Wild West. You saw you would see. NWO shirts at a, at a WWE event. You'd see DX shirts and Austin 316 at a WCW. Um, you constantly see signs. I, I mean, again, WCW. Again, they, they kind of poked. You know, they were the WCW for you know for those 50 or 83 weeks or whatever it was. Were we're in a position that AEW kind of feels like now. WWE was trying to be cool. They were being innovative. They were, they, you know, WWE kind of ran a little stale and lost some talent, you know, so Bischoff, how many times would Bischoff, you know, pull out a sign on the way to the ring that said, you know, Vince fears Bischoff, uh, you know, and, you know, they, I mean, again, you know, like, and I feel like if, if somebody had a sign in an AEW show that, that had something uh, of some similar, you know, putting AEW over, I, 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 they would probably acknowledge it. You know what I mean? Uh, so again, I go back to WWE, you know, it's like, you just look like the stiff, you know, principal. You look like the stiff, you know, parent who's not with it. If, if, if you're just, you know, telling people what they can wear and what they what signs they can have, you know, you might as well just try to fight some fire with this. And, 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 but, you know, Vince is not going to, at least not right now. He's not going to do that. He's going to, it's his TV. It's, it's, you know, for the night that he's there, it's his arena. He's going to, you know, he's going to, you know, police it and, and have it look the way he wants on his television. So,
0: yeah, I, uh, I, I think there's also, I mean, you know, they're in their groove right now. And AEW is not yet regular competition to them, right? Like, they did this big, great show. It's going to be another month here uh, before we see their next show. Maybe it'll be as good. Maybe there will be headaches. Who knows? There, I, I definitely get the, the, I get the vibe. There's a bit of a wait-and-see attitude on WWE's part in regards to, to AEW.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, which is understandable, again, because, you know, WWE is producing, you know— Five six hours of live TV every week. AEW right now is just done is just doing you know the three hours every so many months. So uh, yeah, I mean obviously there's okay. Let's see what they do when they got to pump out and, and be more on the grind. But um, but you know at the same point I think you know it it. it all all signs so far of what we've seen, again, I just point to I mean production value, the money that's behind it, the talent that's behind it, the you know, the, the the interesting stories already. I mean, all signs point towards that these guys are on the right track, meaning AEW. And again, this is this is me, everybody. This is Justin Lavar, the be Kiss ass saying this. I mean, you know, right, so I can understand WWE is doing a little wait and see, but I think they need to be realistic that I mean these guys got the distribution they got, like it's probably you know, this is probably for real. You know, I mean, it's, of course, AEW is going to have some weeks where it's like, ah, eh, that wasn't a great week, or it wasn't as good, or or why did they do that? You're always going to have second guessing in anything creative. Any, any every TV show, every movie gets 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 criticized in some form or fashion. But uh, by and large, right now. The people are thir- people are thirsty for, you know, some different or or just for any, you know, even if and this is me, I mean I'm a WWE fan still. I, I always will be. I, I want AEW to be to do well for nothing else but to push WWE and make WWE just try some you know, th- start throwing some stuff really against the wall and finding what sticks.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, here's what uh, AEW is going to be trying out here. Uh, on the note of John Moxley, we now know who his first AEW opponent will be on June 29th at Fighter Fest at Daytona Beach, Florida, the backyard of Bash at the Beach. John Moxley will face Joey Janela, the bad boy. Now, the two shared a backstage moment at Double or Nothing that aired on uh, the latest Being the Elite episode, which I highly recommend. You go out of your way to check out. Um, and the exchange went something like this. You know, Joey Janela staring down John Moxley. They're in their dressing room. Uh, Joey Janela decides to light up a cigarette. Uh, he blows a little smoke at Dean. Dean takes a cigarette from Janela. He takes a drag. He puffs it right back at Joey, flicks the cigarette and takes off. And Joey looks very frustrated about this. Um, so we'll, we'll stop there for just a second um, and I'll get to the next thing here in just a moment. I, I I get it. I get that these are badasses and stuff. And, and you know, maybe I, I'm not going to sound that cool or whatever or whatever you want to say but i just don't want cigarettes in my wrestling product i smoked for years it was awful for me it made me feel terrible i've been off the wagon for four or five years now and i physically feel better i don't need john moxley and joey janela making cigarette smoking look cool you know like i think you could do this without that that's my only complaint here
1: yeah i mean uh yeah yeah i mean it's, it's joey janela I and mean, he smokes in real life it's just something i guess it's you know mental to make you know make these two look like the bad boys and and whatever I mean, it's a, it's an easy first match for Moxley. It's in terms of you don't need much build. It's kind of like you know, you know, here's Joey Janela who you know is you know, maybe some shades of John Moxley when he was younger, you know, six, seven, eight years ago prior to WWE. I, although Moxley is far more intelligent and cerebral uh, than than Joey Janela is in terms of his character and, and I think as a person. But it's an easy, it's an easy you know jumping off these two. You know, it it gets easy buzz and yeah. I mean the cigarette thing. I mean whether it's cigarettes or whether it's vaping or whatever. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Um, But I, but I, you know, I respect your, your view to that, especially if, you know, especially for somebody who, you know, has uh, quit and is, is seriously happy that you've quit. So
0: yeah, well, you know, it's it's just again, it's like okay, the bad boy James Dean, right? Like they sold cigarettes for years off the bad boy image, and guess what? A lot of people died, right? So, like, <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: it's well, like, they, well, well, they, these guys do death matches, so people die death matches, right?
0: Sure. Well, you know, cigarettes kill you, <laughs> but they also kill those around you with the secondhand smoke. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to get on my high horse here too much about this because I get it. I'm as excited for Moxley and Janelle. I like both these guys a lot. It's you know, just for me, I would feel. Uh, uh, like I, I missed an opportunity to say something uh, of note here and I just don't feel like we need cigarettes in our, in our pro wrestling product and, you know, feel free to disagree with me. Uh, but yeah, this will be a great bout. It falls in line with what Joey Janela has been doing for years now. Joey Janela is the dream match guy. Every year, Joey Janela spring break is who is Joey's big opponent going to be this year. Perfect first guy for Moxie puts over Joey Janela. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, am sure it'll be great. Um, now also of note, uh, this morning, Chris Jericho released his latest talk is Jericho podcast. Uh, John Moxley is the guest and, uh, I've, uh, I got a tip. I got tipped off by Raj first thing this morning, Nick, this, this just came out. Try to listen to it, you know, before the show, if you can, I was putting together the run sheet and a couple other things. So I've only about 45 minutes, 50 minutes through it. It's about an hour and a half long, but Oh, good God almighty. Justin, do not end your day without listening to this podcast. This is the most comprehensive look at the current state of WWE creative and how management handles talent in WWE. I mean, not, I've ever heard. I mean, Pritchard does a lot of stuff about back in the day and all that type of stuff. I'm saying as far as this current product and, and how top name talent, because Jericho and, and Moxley here, you know, Jericho's like, yeah, you know, I, I experienced similar things. Even when we were working together, you know, commiserating, on the structure, uh, the confusing structure of trying to get uh, creative to listen to you, it, it, fascinating discourse.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably. I haven't listened to it. I, I definitely will. Um, hopefully today. I got a packed day today, but hopefully I can squeeze it in early start. Um, it's probably the most. Uh, uh, you know, it kind of dropped with no advertisement. It kind of, you know, like I said, it kind of just dropped surprisingly. It's, but it's probably now going to be the most. Hey, you got to listen to this. You got to hear this wrestler. You know, shooting so to speak. Talking, you know, talking, you know, breaking kayfabe and talking for real. It's probably the most anticipated uh, and, and, and buzzworthy since CM Punk did his famous, you know, surprise uh, on Thanksgiving uh, some years ago with Cole Cabana. Well, I mean, let's just hope that uh, in a couple of years, you know, Chris Jericho and John Moxley aren't in court with each other. But uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, so uh, I'm definitely going to definitely going to check this out.
0: Same thought. Yes. Uh, and I covered that trial. I was in the room. It was uh, not good. But no, nothing, nothing is said here, at least not that I've heard yet that I think was like defamatory. I mean, it was just, you know. It sounds more just like a venting of, of, of stress, you know. I mean, this is really what it boils down to is Moxley says he had pretty much made up his mind he was going to leave at July of last year. July of last year. And there was that whole string of screwy booking where he was wearing the gas mask and talking about the fans like they were vermin and how he got— uh, you know, that, that weird sketch where he was inoculated in the butt by the doctor for rabies against the fans. Like, he hated all of this, right? All that goofiness that we were all like, what are they doing right now? He was also asking himself a lot of the same questions. And, you know, at least up to the point that I'm listening to right now, while he says, you know, there are, there are good writers, there are bad writers. The bottom line is it sounds like it does all go through Vince. And if you don't like something, having to go wait 45 minutes or an hour in front of Vince's door— before you can get through and try to change it uh, is very frustrating. And then also if you see something that like, you know, I guess the lines that he had to say about Roman and his cancer, they got so much heat. He didn't want to say he got kind of sold on this idea, the Jedi mind trick from Vince. It sounds like, uh, oh, well, you know, if you, you put it like this, we're including him and you're we're getting heat or whatever. So he succumbed to the, the pressures uh, of saying and doing things that he really did not want to do so. This was not like something that happened in the waning days of his contract. It sounds like he had been buttonhead with Vince uh, for a long time uh, about the way he was being booked in the company and was looking for the doors uh, quite a while ago. You know, he he did not ask for his release because he's like, I just don't want to do business like that. I looked at the calendar. I knew how many days I had left. I just showed up and at a certain point just tried to do what I could to get through the day. And that was about it, you know.
1: I'm curious. I, I'm curious if he touches on it, uh, if he has any explanation or understanding of why WWE was so public about him not re signing.
0: He doesn't know. Uh, that party covers early on where he's like, you know, everybody, you know, the, the leaks got out, the reports got out that, you know, I was leaving or I was unhappy. And uh, I didn't say anything. I just kind of let them all go out there and, and feed themselves. He's like, I didn't tell WWE to put out a statement. I didn't know they were going to put out a statement. I didn't know they were going to mention on commentary. I don't know why they were. He, he like straight up didn't know why they were doing a lot of the stuff they were doing with him while he was exiting. So a different podcast, I guess, <laughs> with Triple H someday about why they handled it this way. But I'll ask you, why do you think they handled it that way?
1: I, I I don't know. I mean, I guess in a way it's not, in, in some way it's kind of a new approach in terms of, you know, OK, the Internet's going crazy. Let's just get in front of this. You know, that's the old PR for, you know, let's get in front of this. Let's get out ahead of this. Um, you know, I mean, it, it was it was it was the same day. It was just hours after I think PW Torch was the first one who who said that he was he was going to leave. I mean, so, I mean, they got they got pretty quick. I guess it was just, you know, like, let's let's just put it out there. I mean, it's, it's not it's not as surprising to me that they publicly acknowledged he wasn't resigning. I was more surprising Than the amount they, I mean, like, you know, there was a string, obviously, this last month that they took them off TV, but, you know, the the whole, the whole, the whole Shield fair. I mean, the only thing I could think is they figured, okay, the Shield has been one of their most profitable marketing entities they had in some time. That's a WWE creation. So maybe they figured it's our last time, at least for a long time until if he ever comes back, that we can do uh, anything with the Shield. So maybe that's why they, they, they marketed and, and and televised that, that final match at a house show. But, um, that was just more surprising. It wasn't, you know, again, them acknowledging just so they could set the record straight because WWE has been, you know, you and I've seen this and talked about, it. they have been, you know, they are making progress as the years go on to be more include, you know, to include the media more and try to, you know, talk, talk to us. So I, I'm not surprised at them trying to just get the record straight and say, look, this is true. He's not resigning. You know, he, he's done in, in April, whatever. Uh, it was just then how it, it was in, you know, talking about it on commentary, you know, especially when his wife's on commentary that's, that's where that's, that's what kind of threw me off.
0: Yeah. Uh, it sounds like he was thrown as well. And, you know, one of the things he a couple things I want to note here. But uh, one of the things he did say <clears throat> was that in the final interview he did with the Shield with Michael Cole, you know, that sit down they did together. Uh, yeah. uh, he did uh, say that the reason I, I did the cashing in my chips line, the casino heavy stuff, was because he wanted to have some kind of uh, an exit strategy um, where he could make a bridge from that moment to the AEW stuff in case. Uh, during his final appearance, as he put it, WWE did something to screw him. He was worried that they were going to do something to make him look bad or whatever on the way out the door. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition, but he himself was jittery there in the, in the waning days uh, that they were going to do something to, to mess with him. Um, back to the idea of you know, why they handled it the way they did, I'm of two minds. Uh, one, I think you're right, you know, getting ahead of the story is one thing. But everything that they do these days, in my opinion, is motivated by finances, right? And I could see if you don't be transparent about this and things start to, to happen and you see this guy jump into the company, you know, I don't know. Is that cause for concern for investors who don't feel like they're in the loop? They would have liked to have known that they were about to lose a big commodity like this. That's one thing that popped through my head. The other thing that popped well, through yeah, – That's
1: a good point. That's a good point, especially if um... – that's a good point, especially if, like, let's say Fox, since they're come, since they're new to the table. Especially if that was like, especially if Dean Ambrose, when they, when Fox surveys WWE, if they, um, if they say, hey, this Ambrose guy, he's he's another one we'd like to have on the show, and then yeah, that would make sense. Hey, all right, we got to be, and we got to be transparent here.
0: It's like, you've known for a while he's leaving. We told you, right? We told yeah. you we didn't try to hide this from you all. We've all been operating in good faith here. We put it on the open, right? I think this has less to do with the the fans and the the media than other entities that would just like to be kept in the loop and transparent on an issue like that. We're losing a big talent to another promotion kind of deal. Um, yeah. the, the other one would be if this guy, if AEW is a total flop, they oh, they spend way too much money, uh, Tony Khan gets hit by a bus and his dad stops caring, whatever it may be, this guy comes back into play. I would think that they would want to have said in good faith, um, we did everything to give you a proper release. We made you do a couple jobs, you know, drew McIntyre, put your head through a chair or whatever, which is, you know, customary, but we didn't ha- we didn't, we didn't screw you over. We operated in good faith. We would love to have you back in the mix.
1: Right. Yeah. And and I guess, you know, by, by them not burying him as bad as they could have, um, you yeah, know, obviously that yeah, keeps, it keeps the Dean Ambrose name. If he ever was to come back as Dean, it went, Dean Ambrose, or even if he comes back as John Moxley and. Everybody knows that's the same person. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess he keeps his stock up if he ever does come back, if you do feel that, hey, maybe maybe this AEW thing is just going to be, you know, a, a little detour for him.
0: Uh, well, back uh, back in the world of AEW, one more AEW note I wanted to put here at the top. Uh, they have announced the signing of Luchasaurus. Uh, you probably saw him in the Casino Battle Royal. He's also competed in Ring of Honor and Lucha Underground. He wrestled in FCW before it came uh, NXT. Uh, I think he was released just before it became NXT. Um, and he also competed on Big Brother Season 17. Uh, I, uh, I I I know Luchasaurus. Uh, I've always enjoyed his work. I thought that he presented himself in that casino battle royal uh, better than I have ever seen him present himself. I just thought his, I thought he was given time to be given good spots, look like look like the monster in that match, and I, I was on the hook. I was like, I hope they keep this guy around. I think they need somebody like that.
1: Yeah, another again another. Uh... Another positive move in terms of AEW, in terms of the talent, and just just in general. So it's another you know, another positively received move.
0: Yeah, great. Uh, well, let's talk about some other moves. Let's go back to now. Now, after about half hour at the top of the show talking about John Moxley's concepts of the creative product and how WWE is handling AEW, let's just let's just talk about WWE. Uh, the big news, <laughs> or the big news coming out of SmackDown last night was that r Truth lost the twenty four seven championship to Elias. Then Shane McMahon put Elias and uh, Drew McIntyre in a tag match against Roman and R-Truth. But in order to protect Elias, Shane McMahon suspended the 24-7 championship rules until the end of that tag match, which Truth and our Roman Reigns would go on to win. And then R-Truth would pin Elias, taking back the title at the end of the night for for a big moment. What what'd you think about how that played out, Justin?
2: Eh,
1: I mean, you know... I, again, I, I, I'm, I'm still open-minded to the whole 24-7 title, as we've talked about, and uh, I, I, guess, <laughs> I guess I'm guess i just – I guess I am a little bummed that Elias' first uh, title in a WWE was, was as gimmicky and, and short-lived in one episode of TV, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent at the moment with it.
0: I wonder how long they keep this going where they try to make this title feel important. Like I didn't think that this was poorly – Executed. I thought it was a little expected, right? Like as soon as Shane made the the announcement, I also was like, "Great, they're already violating these rules. What are we doing here?" Um, I didn't, I didn't dis. I mean, I of all the things I've done in the twenty four seven championship, at least this had a story arc that went across the whole show. I do still wonder how long do they take the time to come up with meaningful angles for this title before it just becomes, uh, you know, oh, we got to do something with this. Drop them in a pool of applesauce, you know.
1: Yeah. No, it's I mean that is true. At least it did have a at least it did at least it did have some um continuity throughout the show. I'll give you that. Yes.
0: Yeah. So um, there you go. Uh WWE canceled this coming or has canceled this coming Monday Smackdown live event in Corpus Christi, Texas. Great town by the way. Uh due to scheduling conflicts. Likely another cancellation due to the wildcard rule. As next week of course Raw will be the go home to the Super so- Showdown show. And, uh, you know, they want all hands on deck for that. So, man, this is, I think, three weeks in a row they've canceled those Monday SmackDown Live events. And that is, uh, I mean, it, on an, on a surface level, this seems like uh, bad for their live events business.
1: Well, yeah, I know uh, we all talked about it when they announced the wildcard rule that this would create the conflict. And how ridiculous does it look coming, I mean, three weeks in a row, like you said, just weeks off of them having their earnings meeting, their quarterly earnings meeting, were, were a big topic out of Vince's mouth was having to address the, 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 you know, decline in live event, um, attendance and revenue and, and, and him, you know, scapegoating the fact that talents were injured. Um, this just looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: I mean, cause you got to re you got to refund all the tickets, right. And you probably still got to pay the costs of the building for renting. Um, so this is red. This is all red. This is a loss, straight loss three weeks in a row on these live events.
1: Yeah, it just looks bad. It looks bad from a money standpoint in the red. It looks bad just from you know any time any whether you're a musician or a comedian or or you know sports entertainment. Like whenever you have to like cancel a show, that 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 that, that never sounds good. You know, everybody wants to say, "Oh, we've added a second show," you know, because everything there's such demand. But when you say that we've canceled a show, um, you know, like you know you and I in the wrestling community, we all understand. Hey, they have you know this wild card rules messing with their touring schedule, and so that this is why they're probably doing it. Like we get that, so we know you know. But but to to the general person who might have heard that WWE was coming to town, and then all of a sudden, nope, WWE canceled a show. To the general person, that canceled show just means oh, they must have not been selling any tickets. They must uh, have no interest.
0: Or it, you know? uh, yeah, and even still, like you know, I think there's a bit of hesitation to WWE's coming to town. Do I want to do I want to set aside time buy a ticket here, knowing that you know the last time they were in our market, they pulled out at the last second. You know, absolutely. So, uh, just weird, unfortunate, or just, just make them one roster, you know, like have that touring schedule, give NXT the other touring schedule and let's move on with our lives. This is just becoming a mess. Um, PWinsider.com, uh, back to creative here. WWE creative went back and forth all Monday about whether to make the number one contender fatal four-way match between Baron Corbin, Miz, Lashley, and Strowman, an elimination match or a single fall match. Now it was argued that if they did it as elimination match, that wouldn't protect, uh, Three of the talents is they'd have to lose, uh, so it was the uh, the idea of doing a single fall match. That argument won the day, um, and on that note, Baron Corbin did win that match, and he posted a photo of himself on Twitter with the Universal Championship trolling the fans. Here, I mean, good. I mean, the right argument won here. Good.
1: Yeah, the the right the right argument won for that reason. And if you're gonna have the sleazy heel win, you want it to be in a case of he just got the lucky one pinfall versus oh he survived the other eliminations. I mean, so that just it's, just, it's kind of just wrestling one-on-one common sense. I'm not sure exactly. I'm not, I mean, you know, I don't know who in the room or who, what the, what the great reasons would have been for an elimination other than it, maybe to make it more exciting or make her to let it fill more time potentially. But that's not the answer here that they They made the right call.
0: The undertaker is going to return to raw this coming Monday night, his first appearance uh, on WWE TV in a while. And of course he's got his big match with Goldberg coming up uh, this coming, uh, that, that coming weekend for super showdown. Uh, what are your expectations for what Undertaker does here on Monday night?
1: Uh, just a simple generic promo of, you know, maybe, maybe plays off of the, the you know, who's next and rest in peace. And, you know, just plays off the catchphrases. Um, not, you know, last, this past Monday when I saw, <clears throat> when watching Raw, when I saw them, you know, put their uh, schedule across the screen and the next Monday was in Austin, Texas, I you know, immediately tweeted. I said, you know, wouldn't be shocked to see Taker, you know, it's go home show. They need to do something to acknowledge this match other than just the, the package video they have. And this is a short Trip for Undertaker. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I mean, if they were smart, I think it would be, I don't know. I was going to say may, maybe, maybe the answer is, okay, you're advertising Taker, um, maybe have Goldberg interrupt him. That might get a little bit of more juice behind this, but I don't even know if they need to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could get creative with it. I, I agree. I don't know that they would do too much. In the back of my head, I feel like, you know, maybe a warm-up match with Elias, you know, have Undertaker come out. You know, there's unfinished business there. You know, they talked about, you know, we heard the rumors they're going to do it at Super Showdown. Maybe use this as a chance to give Undertaker a, a warm-up uh, victory or match here to show he could still go in the ring against Elias. That's the only other thought I had, you know.
1: Maybe maybe, maybe Taker's doing his promo And Goldberg's music hits And here comes Gilbert And then Undertaker just squashes Gilbert
0: Gilbert, mini Dean Ambrose Let's just do it Just do it <laughs> um, You know the other way I would have gone with it And I know that this is ridiculous But and I have to say it out loud Is like if you'd had Undertaker uh, Elias comes out, confronts him They have the bout And then out of nowhere Goldberg comes out and spears Undertaker And Elias got the win over Taker there uh, That would put some real heat on this But I don't know that they'd be wanting to go the distance with it
1: yeah i think that'd be i think i think we're asking too much there
0: whenever elias looks good undertaker can beat goldberg and boom you set up set up undertaker elias one more time it actually means something you know
1: i'm not disagreeing dude. i'm just i'm not i'm not gonna hold my expectations so i
0: <laughs> listen to the moxley interview <laughs> let's see how good that pitch would have gone <laughs> uh also the uh, for super showdown lars sullivan is going to now be taking on lucha house party three-on-one handicap match um you know this will make lars look good and then on to the next thing right
1: yeah, he'll look. I mean, it'll make him look good. It'll be a big squash. It's just like how when Ryback was you know squashing two or three guys in one match. I mean, I don't know. It is still odd though. Like coming right off of the comments that they had to like you know take care of these comments of him being you know again the 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 racial. I mean, putting him having him just beat the hell out of these guys called Lucha House Party. I mean, it's as it's it's almost as questionable as, as Terry Runnels carrying a gun in the airport.
0: Yeah, well, we could talk about that now, but yeah, I think you you know there's something to that. But you at the same time, it's like. I feel like everybody's at a point now where I'm waiting to see. It's like I think this guy is going to be on the level and genuinely try to change his ways here. What are you going to do? Just beat white guys for a while? That seems like you're. Well, no, no. T- I mean, I, I,
1: again, and I, I, I agree. With you. I, I mean, I, I, you know, we heard from Titus that he, the, the apologized. It sounds like he is going the right way, and I'm not holding. You know, and I, it, you know, I'm just saying. It's just it looks. It just looked odd. I don't know. It's yeah. just it's, <laughs> it's it's right in there. Just it just. Odd timing and order of events, just like when we talk about the live events. Vince talking about how we're going to do a lot better live events, and how they're canceling one each week.
0: Well, they only got one big live event that matters each year. It's bigger than WrestleMania. <laughs> it's the show of Jetta, not it's as Saudi good Europe.
1: as, if not better, than WrestleMania.
0: <laughs> oh my god! You wanna you wanna talk about the Terry Reynolds thing here real fast before we get to the final the final thing here on the because you brought it up. I mean, so yeah, you-
1: I mean, I i just it's the headline that broke right when we started. And I just it just I I here in Pittsburgh has been like an. It's insane amount just this calendar year of people who have gotten caught with guns that go into the, like to do the TSA. I, I just don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, how do you like, and I'm just, I mean, I have nothing against people who own guns. I'm, I'm, you know, I just don't understand. Like, how do you like, what do you just forget that you have a gun and you're going to the airport?
0: Yeah. So here I'll read what it says. XWA superstar, Terry Ronalds, who famously married Goldust, AKA Dustin Rhodes uh, back in the day was arrested in Florida on Wednesday after officials say she brought a gun to the airport uh, a take carrying uh, the the charge is carrying a concealed firearm, a class three felony, uh, carries a punishment of up to five years in prison, up to five thousand dollars in fines. She was taken to jail. Bond is set at twenty five hundred. Uh, she uh, so when she went through the security checkpoint, she had a loaded Glock nine millimeter on her WTF. What a dummy. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, are you on drugs? Like what is going on here where you're what? Oh, Take everything out of your pockets, right? Take your coat off. <laughs> take your shoes. Wait, did you did you just put a loaded Glock 9mm in the plastic bin?
1: Oh, excuse me, person in front of me. Can I have another uh, tote? I, I need to put my Glock in this one. I don't want to put it with my shoes and laptop.
0: Or do you try to sneak it through and not put it in the bin, and then you go to the thing where you have to put your hands over your head, and they scan you, and they're like, hey – we see the outline of a gun in your, in your belt you know right there.
1: You know who else has the same problem is when uh, they, they walk through TSA and TSA is like, uh, that's an illegal weapon you're concealing. And he goes, back off, sir. I'm Tricky Ricky Dixon.
0: Tricky Ricky Dixon. He made it back in. Oh, Richard Dixon. I can't wait. Uh, and uh, speaking of, you know, we, that brought us right back to NXT. Now new NXT superstar, former NXT t- superstar, Tyler Breeze, Uh, joked on Twitter with Lance Storm, Lance Storm ribbing him about, you know, he's still listed on the Raw roster, as is David Otunga. Uh, Tyler Breeze questions whether he's even part of the Raw roster anymore. Um, You know, I wouldn't be shocked here. That guy is doing a Moxley right now and just checking his calendar and waiting to see when he can go out there and uh, see what is on the horizon, you know?
1: Wait, David Otunga still? I thought David Otunga was the silhouette they used for the uh, mystery partner.
0: No, 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 no. David Otunga, apparently, at least unless they changed it today because Lance Storm is racking him about it. David Otunga in trunks, still listed as part of the Raw roster. My guest at this time is the current Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. It is the machine, Brian Cage. Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today.
3: Hey, no problem, man. No problem. You know, I just finished meal number one, so got a, got a little open of a
0: window. Meal number one. Now, I know you get asked all the time about your workout regime and all that. We don't need to get to that. But how many meals a day do you eat?
3: Uh, Six to seven.
0: Six? That's a lot of meals, man. Uh, You know, and you got to eat that much to look like you, Brian. I mean, you are the machine. You're a freak of nature, and now you are the definitive face of Impact Wrestling. How does it feel to be in that kind of position now, finally, in your career, to be the face of a national brand like Impact?
3: Uh, it's awesome man i know i mean you know plenty of posts about it and i've talked heavily with you know certain people close to me about yeah it's, it's 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 amazing i mean this is this is the aspiration the goal for anyone everyone you know who's in our business um i've always been asked you know and i even during the whole program with with john people kept asking me there you know why haven't you won the big one how can you never you know referencing a company like this and that was like the million dollar question it just uh never happened and never really even got the uh possibility or you know a chance to so to finally finally you know seek my teeth into it and be the world champ obviously not be able to compete and defend the title as regularly as i'd like is a bummer but no um it's it's awesome so i'm, I'm very thankful and um definitely fulfills uh, my career to the point where i've gotten so far
0: well, yeah, and like you said, you're not able to defend the title as active as you would, you would like. You know, obviously, you were injured here at Rebellion. You know, take me back real quickly to the moment, to the moment you realized you'd injured yourself during this title match.
3: Oh, me the Spanish Fly onto the floor. Yeah, uh, I mean that second, I knew I was like, oh, that's bad. And um, I, you know, I mean, we get, we get hurt a lot wrestling, and I was differentiate between being hurt and being injured mm-hmm. and so i'm just thinking like okay maybe it will subside maybe it will subside maybe it will subside and it, there was no subsiding um and as much as i tried to like power through and, and do I, like my my mobility and just everything i did hurt uh i've a few times my right leg went numb so i mean we finally came back with just the strength and how much pain i was in was excruciating but my first thought was you know i just ruptured discs or whatever and like you know I'm gonna need surgery, am I gonna be paralyzed? My career over. I mean I, frantically thinking all this stuff just in a matter of, you know, seconds in the heat of the moment, I was terrified. Um but yeah, uh the initial injury was caused by the stand fly uh onto the floor off the stage, and then um yeah, then getting to take that power bomb afterwards. Um then it didn't, uh, didn't help anything either. So <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, were you talking to the referee at all at this point? Was there any ta- was he trying to maybe wrap the match up or even like finish the match in a way that you would have been unhappy with?
3: Um, yeah, no, everyone you know, I mean, just like in any sort of sport sporting event, um, you know, they're gonna ask like, Okay, can you continue? You want to start the match to-? and like I feel like everyone wanted the match to stop except for me. I'm like, no, no, no. We're gonna see the things to the end. I'm like, I don't care. Oh, man. So
0: um well i was listening to an interview with jordan grace recently where she noted that ed nordholm uh stayed with you at the hospital that night uh, is that true did did ed uh stay by your side as you were getting treated that night
3: oh uh, yeah he um i mean Austin few came with me to the hospital and uh he's the one who drove us there took his in, and uh he stayed there until we left
0: man you talk to me a little bit about ed nordholm uh, you know that's the coolest story i've heard about ed in a long time you know what is your relationship like with ed what kind of a guy is he
3: uh Ed, Ed's real cool. I've any issues. Ed it's Ed, it's funny, he's uh, um he's pretty uh um what say? I don't want to say social, but we like, can I mean, talk to all the talent, like he Herman just hides away or you know, has any um he's not you know, some some dickhead or, you know, macho like oh CEO guy that just, you know, wants to produce money or whatever. Very easy old guy, very easy to talk to. Um, real chill, real relaxed. And yeah, no, it was, it was really awesome that he took this and uh, you know tried to make us as comfortable as possible mm-hmm. while we were there. So um, obviously it's funny in the, in the in the heat of it. I mean, I knew he was there, but I wasn't even thinking about it because I was with so much pain and I was so tired and so hungry, and I was like, gosh, to get out of here. Uh, it, it didn't really hit me until like after the fact. So I'm like, oh yeah, Ed's here. I'm just thinking like, oh yeah, somebody from some Impact came with me So I couldn't drive, and they're just like, oh, let me go with Brian to the you know to the hospital. And then you know when I started reading people talking about it, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, I guess that is a lot, uh, a lot bigger of a deal than, uh, I guess, I was realizing. So, so you know, it was, I'm glad and thankful that he uh, was willing and able to do that.
0: Yeah, and awesome. You know, last question here uh, about the injury. You know, like you say, you're not defending as act, uh, often as you'd like here. Oh, I just heard you. Oh, we're getting some scratch here. Oh, we're getting some scratching. We're getting some scratching. I don't know where your microphone's hitting. Um, but uh, You there? What? Okay. Yeah. Sorry.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what happened.
0: Oh yeah. Probably your beard or something, scratched on your microphone, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, I, uh, you know, I do commentary for warrior wrestling. I got to see you defend the title uh, a couple weeks ago here in Chicago. Uh, how does that bode for your recovery? I mean, I see you in action. Are you going to be out that long? <laughs> I mean, when do you expect getting back to defending the impact world championship? Uh,
3: you know, I don't know when it's his return. Uh, my goal and my hope, obviously, is to be back at Sunniversary. Um, as for, yeah, you were at Warrior Wrestling. I don't know if you know this, too, but that wasn't... I mean, we did what we could, and that wasn't like a whole oh, hell of a match. And actually, that didn't even happen until, like, the last second. Like, that wasn't supposed to... Um, I wasn't... You know, I was a creative wrestler. was supposed to wrestle. I wasn't going to wrestle. And I had um, agreed on a, to drop the title and work an angle to an interim champion. And then uh, when Eddie Edwards uh, canceled from being sick, I think he got food poisoning. Yeah. Um, you know, they we were stuck without that match, and no cage match. And I just kind of thought about it. i like, well, you know, it's cage and it's three-way and Austin's in there and he's really good. He, uh, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? I think I might be able to do something. So um, that was just kind of a flash in the pan, you know, last minute decision. And uh, we really, uh, we were able to make it work with what we had because, got a lot of mileage out of doing nothing, so.
0: You took one bump, I mean, again, I don't want to talk too much about worry here, but you took like a Mishinoku driver at one point or something like that during that bout, and I, me and Rich uh, Bikini, who was on commentary too, were both like, ooh, that looks scary and very painful, considering that we both knew you were pretty beat up that night, you know?
3: Well, I took it right top of my head too, and that's what I wanted, I'm like, oh, don't drop me in my back, it's just. Just drop me on my head, please. Oh, please.
0: As soon as I saw you on top of that cage, I'm like, he's not coming down. This thing's over. <laughs> we, um, uh, you know, you brought up the power bomb after the match at Rebellion there. How do you feel about Michael Elgin stepping in there on your moment and, and laying you out?
3: Uh, you know, he's, uh, I mean, obviously i I know Elgin very well. Uh, we speak, you know, tag team partners and tag champs in PWG and, um you know, okay, first and foremost, there, um, I'll say I, I'm i glad I have Elgin on impact. I think Elgin's a phenomenal talent. Um, I think he uh, definitely adds a lot to the already stacked roster, especially, you know, the, the heavyweight division, if you will. Um, now, he said, you know, he was going on to make a statement regardless of I-1 or John-1. Um, I think he lucked out to the fact that I was, <clears throat> that I was hurt that he's able to freaking come out and do that. So you know now he's out there and he's doing his thing and I hope to be back with my anniversary. I hope to be able to you know put on the performance that I wanted to put on at rebellion and uh, i'm uh, I'm expecting it to be against Elgin. so that that's the game plan and you know I hope he's ready and uh, we're gonna tear the roof off and we'll see what happens.
0: Okay. You know, this is obviously a big moment for you. Obviously, you know, like we said, you're, you're the face of the company now. Your first world championship here at Impact Wrestling. Um, but you were not, you did not close the show. The show was closed by the tag team titles. How did you feel about your big win happening in, in the non-main event slot that night?
3: Um, I, I actually didn't mind at all. Um, only because I knew what they were doing. Like the type of match they had. So... A, it was easier for them to follow us because he had a you know, all up in the chairs, and plus, then there wouldn't have been a long cooldown time to clean up the ring, as well. Yeah. And then, you know, hindsight with what happened with with uh, my injury as well, then I'm I, I'm even more thankful that he got to close the show instead of us. So.
0: True. Uh, well, your wife uh, Melissa Santos, uh, she has a shot at the Knockouts champion Taya Valkyrie this week. Uh, how do you feel about? Uh, you and Melissa potentially becoming uh, the new first couple of Impact Wrestling like Ty and Johnny were.
3: Well, I mean, I think, uh, obviously they, they, they had their moment, but pretty sure everybody everybody realizes the, the the true power couple and the true, you know, it couple in Impact is Melissa and Cage. I mean, I don't want to bring up social media and whatnot, but I feel like, uh, we're, we're, we're pretty over. We're pretty over. So, um... I, uh, I, and most of the, a, a hell of a hell of a, a talented individual, I mean, what I do is that the amount of stuff that this girl can do that people don't even realize is, is, is unbelievable. So, um, I'm, uh, I'm stoked. And, uh, I mean, I, and I'm just, I'm glad too, from the get go, that she just got to be brought on board and part of the team. And then I get to travel and be with her, you know, more and more and more since who knows what's ever going to happen with I now at this point. Yeah.
0: Your guess is as good as mine. I honestly believe that from everything I've heard. So, uh, yeah, right. Uh, you know, But Taya Valkyrie, I had the, the chance to chat with her a week or so ago here on the show, and she told me uh, that she would be interested in putting her title on the line, her knockouts title on the line, against your Impact Wrestling Championship. She had no problem doing that. Would you be game for a title versus title match with Taya Valkyrie?
3: Well, I, I don't see how I could do that because – um A, I guess the world title right to claim is not is not uh, gender specific with the knockout style. It says knockouts. So I don't see how I can rock that. Just like you know when I beat Tess at Russia because I won the title, I wouldn't slash a title, when not you know, woman's title. But uh, I mean I, I, I don't think I have anything to prove to uh, to beat Ty again or, or go off that title, but I mean if he wants to come in the ring just to get, you know, Ty bombed all over the place again after how many times she's hitting me in, in, in between the legs. I mean, I have, no, I have no problem doing that. If that makes sense.
0: Uh, well, well, do you think that their impact would benefit then from some kind of formal intergender title or intergender tag team belts?
3: Um, I, I don't know that there needs to be a, a separate intergender, you know, specific title. Um, But all all of the other gender stuff, too, I guess that's the only like kind of gray area. It's all just champions, right? It's all just championships. So um, I guess that could be for anybody. But the women's title in any league is the only title that's actually called, you know, hey, it's for this sex right here. Yeah. Whereas everything else is just an open title. So I guess that's the where the, uh, I guess, where the the, the gray area would, would lie.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, there was another title uh, brought up in another company last night. I was just wondering, uh, what are your thoughts on, like, a hardcore 24-7 type championship? Do you think that that has a place in the pro wrestling landscape at the moment?
3: Um, It was really cool when the, uh, when they had it originally, you know, back in the, the old Attitude era. Uh, uh, honestly, no. I, I think it was cool when it was, like, you know, it was niche. It was, like, a little bit of a short-term gimmick. Um, I don't think we need to bring that back, and I, and I think it it oversaturates that uh, that market too than it already is. So as yeah. far as like the hardcore and extreme stuff,
0: yeah, because I mean Impact does such a great job with the hardcore stuff, so much variety. I mean, even the the Demon Collar match here the other night on Impact, it's like you're not making a big deal about it, but there is a lot of hardcore stuff going on in Impact at the moment. And you know, you guys have Impact have done so well with working with other promotions as well. I know you guys are starting to flush out your OTT platform here, Impact Plus. You know, I wanted to ask you as the champ, you know, do you have any ideas for like any original kind of programming that you would like to bring to Impact Plus if given the chance?
3: Okay. I don't know if we could do it on this. I mean, maybe it could be like, you know, the, the rough draft, you know, teaser. So one TV show that I would love to have just in general would be, you know, travel. I, I go to every gym all over the place. I've been to tons of places. Everyone's looking for something good or like healthy to eat, you know, like a cool local spot, but more importantly than all that, I love finding like amazing cheap food locations in the city diamond. So if we could do some sort of like, you know, like a little travel channel type of show where, you know, Hey, it's Brian Cage traveling to the city, checking off this gym, eating this place. And then, Oh, for dessert for his cheat day, here we go. And we're going to knock that out. If there's some little, uh, you know, little, 10-minute short episode or something like that that we could put together of, uh, you know, Cage uh, on the Road with freaking weights, dates, treats, treats, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but uh, that would be awesome. Wait. am on board for that.
0: Weights, dates, treats, and eats. You just named the show yourself. <laughs> that's a great,
3: <laughs> that's a fantastic name for the show, Brian. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. That was just on the fly, but that worked out.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, on the hunt for your seventh meal of the day. Late night, Brian Cage. That's what I want to see.
3: Um, right. right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I dig it, man. i just wondering. Every, I, I always like to ask people there because, you know, it's like you guys are so good at, at putting these matches together, and everything. I'd love to hear your, your TV show ideas as well. Um, you know, lastly here, um, you know, we talk about the OTT platform. Impact done such a great job working with different promotions. You know, you were so prominent at All In. Uh, had that great moment with Impact's uh, latest re-signee, uh, Jordan Grace there. I mean, have you worked as a liaison in any way to try to keep the lines of communication open? I mean, would you like to see AEW and Impact working together?
3: I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, for a while there, when everyone's working more together, that was the only way to really, you know, come together and, and compete. Because essentially, we're all in the business together, right? And everything that... You know, trying to make money and WWE's obviously the global conglomerate and it's not you know it's, it's it's got the stronghold on everything and I feel like instead of everyone trying to compete against each other and them if everyone could kind of work together it would obviously present way more possibilities as far as you know massive storylines views and it would just give everyone a bigger bump um, but I understand sometimes you know lines get crossed as far as uh, you know who's more relevant, who's more important, you know, this guy, that guy, this guy's this champion, whatever. So it gets, it gets a little murky, but I mean, obviously, yes, I would love to see more partnerships going down. Um, It you was know, Impact AEW, Impact Honor and not even like a, not even like, a, like an invasion angle or, you know, but like where it's like, Oh, Hey, the Briscoes are on impact for the next, you know, three sets of TV tapings or, Oh, Hey, maybe Willie Mac and Rich Swann are going to go, over here for this you know something like that which is like kind of like a, a talent swap or borrow you know for a short period of time
0: yeah and you're kind of describing like what they used to do with the territories where they'd take a talent and kind of move them from one territory to another for a little while with the intention of knowing they're going to be leaving right yeah exactly exactly yeah i get you i follow you um brian i i really enjoyed this chat i always like talking with you um you are a fellow groundhog which i appreciate um that uh, i always like to think that you've got some prognostication abilities so uh i enjoy your your take on the business is there anything else that you would like to uh leave everyone else with here today before we wrap up the interview
3: uh hey just thanks for the support uh i'm, I'm happy to be representing Pac Wrestling as the world champion and you know obviously i'm not i'm not better but i'm getting better and hopefully i'll uh, i'll be 100 or close enough comes my anniversary
2: yeah, I don't want to take too much of your time here. Um, so I spoke to Hugo a couple weeks ago, um, you know, yeah. when tickets went on sale and everything. Um, is it true that this was kind of like seven years in the making in your eyes for for your for AAA to run Madison Square Garden? Take me through kind of the decision-making process and right, why right now is the time that it's right for you guys to run this historic venue. No, no, for
4: sure, for sure. I don't know if it's exactly seven years, but at the end of the day, one one of the dreams of of my uncle when when he produced the show in the Paramount Theater several years ago was to be was to be at the Madison Square Garden. So, so I, I think for any entertainment company in the world, for any singer, for any uh, for any how do you say, as for example, Canelo said that that. His, his dream was to to have a fight at the Madison Square Garden. I think uh, all, all of us have uh, and, and share that dream that that is to be there in an iconic venue as the Madison. But uh, speaking about this show in particular,ly uh, it was a long process. We have been in discussions with with, with Madison Square Garden for for several years. Uh, as I told you, I don't know if it's if it's if the number is seven, but At least in the last couple of years, we have been like really, really uh, much more aggressive trying to close a deal. We were trying to enter since the last year. And and even even uh, we were in a position to book the venue a year ago, but in 2000 to make the show in 2018. But we weren't we weren't prepared to, 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 uh, how do you say? We weren't prepared in the backup. To, to, to be to be in a safe position or to be really really trustful that we were that we were in a position to be successful. So we decide to push the, the, the show for this year and to have a, a totally plan, no, since to have the, the ticket sales on Cinco de Mayo to be on September 15th, that basically is the night that we celebrate our Independence Day. So it was, it was uh, I think, a really good decision to push the show. I think we are in a different stage. We have uh, really professional partners working with us. And, and we are in that time that we need to take decisions to, to, to make the, the, co- the, compa- the company much more global. And uh, this is, how do you say that, it's our statement that we are entering America in a different way and in a more professional way and in a, in, in the most iconic place that, um, that is the Madison Square Garden.
2: Mm-hmm. What was the uh, press conference like for yourself? You know, you mentioned how your family you was know, so enriched with the pro wrestling industry and they had this dream of working and now it became real almost for you when you actually got to, to be there and kind of make that official announcement. So what was it like for you to kind of have that announcement made there?
4: No, I can tell even, even, uh, goosebumps, no, at the end of the day, it's like, it's something, it's something that if if you told me that we were producing, that we were produce a show, uh, five years ago at the Mison School Garden, I will tell you that you were crazy. So, so it's, it's really, it's a challenge, a total challenge. It's, it's, we need to, to, to be ready. And I think we are being, we, we are being really, uh, aggressive in the manner that we are entering in one of the most competitive markets in the world that is the u.s and and not not making a taste a, 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 a test a testing basically uh, entering in the in the most not not just the most iconic the most expensive venue in the world and 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 trying to bring our our ramp trying to bring triple a trying to bring our luchadores that basically there's a totally uh it's it's a totally different concept that what Americans are used to, to the wrestling, to the wrestling industry. So, so I think we are we are uh, really confident about what we are going to present, and but also with that challenge that we want to give uh, the best product, and we want to stay in the U in the U.S. market, and it's the next step for the company.
2: Are there plans to... Because, you know, in the past when AAA has run events, especially bigger events, like I remember the When Worlds Collide pay-per-view partnering with WCW with the broadcast, and over the years since then, you guys have run partner events. Um, Are there plans to partner with wrestling organizations like an AEW or an Impact for this show, or are you kind of predominantly trying to look at doing this all on your own, but bringing in different talent?
4: No, at the end of the day, what... (laughs) Triple A is in a stage right now where we are really open to work with any company in the world. Of course, we, we made an announcement with, with Tony Khan and, and, and his team with AEW. Uh, we also have a really good relationship from, from with the people from Impact. I was personally in the event of Ring of Honor, the last event that they had in the Madison Square Garden, and, and, and I say hello to Joe Goff. And basically, we are open to make – we want to make the industry bigger. You know, Of course, we are competitors. But what I think, in at the end of the day, uh, we want, we want, and we need to have uh, alliances, and we need to give the fans what they want to watch, what they want to see. So we are really open to that. I cannot, I cannot give you like final details, but yes, we are having conversations with with different companies about if we can use their talent. But also, we know that mainly of our fans that day is going to be the Mexican community. Uh, so, so we are also having conversations with talent that right now, that was in replay before, that was really important for the Mexican families, and maybe to be part also of, of, of our lineup for that day.
2: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, you know, you mentioned you were in attendance for the uh, Ring of Honor show, uh, the Ring of Honor New Japan G1 show. What's, what are Are there some things that you kind of, when you attended it, that you were kind of putting in your mind, some things that they did great? But then some things that you might have done differently, like what kind of insight did you get from watching that show and how they put it on, and kind of how you might be applying it to what you're gonna be doing
4: no let me let me tell you something as i said as I said to Joe, he put me the bar in a really high level. The show was amazing. the people who was there the reaction was uh, was really good, and I was there just like a fan and as i as a fan, I really enjoyed the show so so of course, part of my team was there. We, we, we. It was like, a, like, a, how do you say? We went to make the scouting of how to produce a show in the Madison Square Garden. We, ha- we learned we learn a lot about it, uh, uh, and we give us an idea of what we can do. And basically, my only words to, to ring of honor and to, uh, for the band that they produce over there is. Uh, I, I can just only say congratulations to them. It was something really amazing. They make a really, uh, really, really good job, and, and we are really proud proud of what they are doing also in the industry. And as Joe told to me, we are the next. Triple A is the next one in entering the Madison Square Garden. Let's see what happens. And, and we are going to, to try to make the people uh, enjoy the show as much as we can do, and even... To to bring them back to Mexico, and 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 to see a little bit of our the Mexico nostalgia with some of the wrestlers and the talent that we are going to to take to America.
2: And as far as where you know those who can't make it to Madison Square Garden, um, are there plans to kind of like I know you have Twitch as a, a platform for a lot of other, your big events, and you've also of course got the Spanish language television shows and things like that. Um, but as far as for this event, is it going to be pay-per-view, internet pay-per-view? Are you still kind of finalizing those plans of how people can watch the show?
4: Basically, what what is really important for us is basically to maximize the eyeballs that we can have with this this kind of events. We are having conversations with with the with the most important Spanish uh, TV networks, uh, but we are. Uh, we are right now in, in 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 a position that we cannot reveal more of the terms of how it's going to work we are also having conversations with local with local tv televisions uh, to make to make the show available and and with digital platforms to make this to make this also available in a in a, in a worldwide basis it is not a part of our twitch deal so basically uh, it's not going to be available on twitch that's that's uh it it, uh, it wasn't on the radar when we signed the, the Twitch deal. So basically, it's not there. And what else? And of course, it's going to be broadcasted in Mexico. Uh, that basically we are just also finalize, finalizing the final terms with our with our current uh, uh, partners in, in, in media. Hmm?
2: Okay. And um, one thing that uh, what, when I was talking to uh, Hugo about is just the stories that you guys have been able to tell the last couple of, uh, in the past year or so. Um, you're seeing legends, uh, you know, the hair mask, hair versus mask matches, the big high stakes matches. Um, talk about what it's like to kind of put, put together a card that really exemplifies what AAA is all about. You want to get everybody on the show to have their first experience on the show, but you also want to put, produce a show of high quality so um with conan on board just talk about what it's like for you to kind of put this card together and how how important it is to kind of put together matches that people are excited for
4: no at the end of the day you know what we have one of the best bookers in the world that, bas- that basically is conan and and he will be in charge to put that line up that basically can satisfy uh, uh, the guy who is looking for for the, the the best match of the night and he will also uh, can satisfy the people who is there because he wants to see his iconic wrestlers from mexico as a blue demon as a dr Wagner, or even 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 the, the 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 how do you say the legends in the in the lucha libre industry so so it it it's not an easy it's not an easy job you know Because at the end of the day, the wrestling fan, there are many different kind of wrestling fans, no? The fan who who enjoy the part of comedy, the the fan who enjoy a a really good quality match uh, talking about about uh, techniques. But but at the end of the day, we also need to satisfy to the Mexican community. So it's going to be interesting. And and, and we really think that right now we are in a position that we are going to have the talent who can satisfy to, to all the different kind of fans.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, uh, with long term goals, you know, obviously this is like you making a statement, but it's also just the beginning, it seems, because you have plans of running in Los Angeles, um, and, and other places in the United States as well. Um, just talk about what your plan your long term plans are. Like, are you looking to produce another English speaking show? Uh not Lucha Underground, but a different show, kind of more traditional what we're seeing on Triple A or having english commentary on on another television platform just talk about where your goals are now for the future moving forward now that you're going to have this big milestone moment on September uh, basically November.
4: yes of course we have we have different kind of of, of long term goals you know at the end of the day in mexico we are producing right now over 40 tv events in a year uh we have we have growth our our tv partnerships uh, really well in the last in the last couple of years, so right now we are on a stage that we want to take over America in a different way that we have done before. The most important thing is is, is that basically we are not by ourselves. Uh, we have a really good relationship and a partnership with with guys who knows really well the live events market at, at first, for example the, the people from Oakview Oakview group who are helping us to, to manage this relationship with the venues, it's amazing. To have them on board, help us to maximize our revenues in different kind of things like sponsors, like even TV rights, like even merchandise. And they know really well, really well the live events industry, so, so we feel that we are really back up because, because of that. In the other hand, we have right now uh, some, some commitments with the most important radio stations, not just in New York, also in other territories. So, yes, as you said, the first step and, and the short-term goal is to have a really successful show in the Madison Square Garden that can open possibilities for us to produce events in other markets. Uh, the second one, for example, also is we are going to give an announcement really soon of the second of the second venue where we are going to produce this year another another show from triple a and at the end of the day what we are trying to do and we were discussing that uh, this week is that we want to at least produce 10 shows next year in america during the summer so so it's part of the plan that we have in mind right now
2: all right that sounds like really exciting stuff thank you so much for your time i know you're a busy guy and looking forward to seeing how this event comes together
4: no, and, and we hope you, if you if you have time to be there, we will be really glad to host you. Uh, and thank you very much for all the support that 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 your platform is giving to to our event. I know that you are working really really close with Rafael also. So thank you very much to you.
2: Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. Bye bye.
4: Thank you, Scott. Bye bye.
2: Thank you,
0: Justin, for joining me at the top of the show. Thank you to Cage. Thank you to Dorian Roldan. And thank you for Scott Fishman for, for getting that interview with Dorian. Uh, we'll actually be back tomorrow uh, with even more content. Justin and I, were going to be taping a little bit later tomorrow uh, because Triple H is going to be doing his latest NXT media call uh, in the morning. So uh, we will be airing uh, uh, clips of that in the news block uh, tomorrow when Justin and I talk. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we're also going to have another Scott Fishman interview. He had the chance to sit down with Ross and Marshall Von Erich, newly signed MLW talent. Of course, they were featured uh, in the Dark Side of the Ring docuseries. They got so much buzz. Very excited to have them on the show here today. Haven't heard them do much, if any, press. Um, we're also going to be playing the audio tomorrow, that uh, Raj's chat with Ryback that got a lot of buzz last week. Um, so we thought we'd include it here on the, the final audio version of the uh, weekly here. Uh, Ryback, similar to Moxley here, opening up a lot about his time backstage in WWE, his treatment, everything in between. So I know you guys will love it. If you like the site, you like 50 the-
3: bucks,
1: 50, 50, bucks for you to uh, pitch the uh, tricky Ricky Dixon at triple H tomorrow.
0: Oh, you think I should? Uh.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Oh, I think I should. I think I should. I think you're right. <laughs> uh, if you like the show, you like the site, uh, go over to our Pro Wrestling Tees store for Wrestling Inc. Buy an old school logo shirt. Buy the Jack Journalist shirt. Both are great. Take a photo. Tag me. I'll retweet it. I'll have Wrestling Inc. retweet it. We'll show you a little bit of social media love. And uh, this Friday, I will be back with Raj Giri uh, for the video version of The Winkly. You can find it. It is 2 p.m. Central Time every Friday via the Ringside Wrestling app. It is free to download. Go download it. Go tune in. Watch us. You can jump into the Hangout section, uh, chat along with all the topics going on. Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show today?
1: Uh, just follow me on social media, at Justin LaVar, and we will uh, uh, talk and opine about all of these hot topics that are in the wrestling world.
0: Oh, man, it's sexual, the way you said that. <laughs> Ooh, we're going to opine about Tricky Ricky, Richard Dixon.
1: Okay, Daddy, you see, we all the wicky Twicky Dixon going to the pay window.
0: David Dow, this man does dick tricks. He's tricky Ricky Dixon.
1: <laughs> he tricky Ricky, and he don't need no sweet sapphire.
0: I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.